0: Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Sensitive Collective podcast. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created Sensitive Collective to be a space where empaths and sensitives can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journey. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener because feeling all the feels healing from past trauma old patterns and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel confusing and sometimes honestly super lonely but you are not alone there are more of us empaths and sensitives waking up to our nature every single day and the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform both you and the entire world, and it's why we're here. So join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy. Hello, my dear sweet listeners. I want to honor the agreement that we have that I will never spring on you anything that might feel intense. And so in introducing this episode with the amazing Tracy Wittet, who is just such a gifted healer and guide, I wanted to give you fair warning that there is some content and some discussion that we have that could feel triggering. Um, and you know, deals with some early childhood traumatic experiences. So, uh, just wanted to set that forth. Um, and I hope that you continue and listen to this episode because there's so much beautiful wisdom there. Just my recommendation and invitation for you is to get a little more grounded. And so let's take a couple of deep breaths together in through our nose out through our mouth, in through your nose. Out through your mouth, in through your nose. Out through your mouth, and just set the intention to be grounded as you listen to this episode. It's not a—it's not a ton of stuff. It's—it's it's nothing too too too. But um, I did just want to give you a heads up so that I didn't um, violate the terms of our agreement, which is that as your host, I will always have your back and you know that I love you and that you're safe. Enjoy the episode. There's so much wisdom and insight to be found within. welcome my loves to another episode of the sensitive collective podcast and today we are joined by a very special guest i am just thrilled to bring her here in this container tracy whittett transmosis healer multiple multiple multi-dimensional body balancer and uh, just a, a light and beautiful soul tracy welcome oh thank you so much for having me it's great to be here thank it's you so good to have you and i know I resonate so much with your work and what you've told me some about your process and I'm so excited for our listeners to learn more about that um but first I'd really I'd love to learn more about you if you're open to sharing a little bit what we see here and I think you probably have found this in personal and professional relationships with healers that so much of the time it's our own wounding that brings us to the healing modalities that then we are in service to bringing to other people. And so, um, you know, I would be just so honored if you would share a little bit of your own healing journey with us and give us some perspective on, you know, what brought, what brought you to this place where your pain became your purpose. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like a wounded healer. I can totally identify and relate to anything that anyone's experienced. I will share that I have always been supra sensitive, not Mm -hmm. just sensitive, but supra sensitive. And I always felt like there was something wrong with me because Mm -hmm. I was that sensitive where things that would just energy would just penetrate me so deeply and it would just hurt to the core that I saw other people in my life thinking things weren't that big a deal. Maybe they were pretending, but that was my perspective. Mm -hmm. So I've done a lot of inner work um, to kind of toughen up. It's almost like going against to be who I really am. And uh, I find that I um, pushed myself to belong. It was a really important thing as a human. (laughs) Right. yeah. You know, it's up. an important survival instinct that we have
0: not to be rejected by our tribe. Well,
1: Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, that is one of the human things is to have a sense of belonging. And I have never fit in. I have never felt that I am, quote unquote, normal. I always knew I was different, but I didn't know how. And was I intuitive when I was a kid? I think I was, but I didn't know it. I didn't have that coaching to know that until I think I was about 18, 20 years old. There was this beautiful lady woman that lived in our neighborhood and she would have Sunday meetings at her house where we would learn to meditate. So that's where I felt a little bit more with my tribe. And we studied um, A Course in Miracles. Yeah and that will totally turn your ego upside down you know you you start to to realize it felt like spiritual psychotherapy of course in miracles yeah and it um she she would teach us like to I lived in Virginia this is in northern virginia and we have these beautiful shrubs there azalea and it was like this oh, I love azaleas yeah it's so beautiful And one time she had us have a petal, like one of the flowers. And part of our spiritual exercise was just gaze with it, be with it. And I don't know why I remember that, but it was just so beautiful. And I think that if I could have gotten out of my own way as a younger person, I would have, I make this up that I'd be even going in deeper and accepting of my gifts and talents and sensitivities that that's actually a gift. I remember having a book that I bought, like it was called, are you really too sensitive? Cause I was really trying to push that away.
0: Yeah.
1: I will share. I remember one time that I was eight or nine and my dad inappropriately was with me. I don't think he penetrated, but so I have that experience. And I kind of think I think my soul. Left.
0: Uh-oh. And so the energy here has gotten really intense, and I think it's thrown our zoom off, which is what I'm recording this on. There we go. OK, it happens all the time, technology. It really does respond to energy um and i used to have i used to go through these wireless speakers a lot in my uh healing space because of all the energy that got released in the room and like constantly the bluetooth wouldn't work etc cetera, etc cetera. and it was because like there's so much energy being put out and i know that even you know revisiting a, a traumatic memory can do that um so, so you were saying, I think you were telling us, Tracy, that it felt like your soul left your body in that traumatic yeah. experience. Yes. I remember
1: laying on the bed and I remember going, oh my God, you know, and, and just stiffening up. And then I think it was about six years ago here in Santa Fe, I worked with a healer. Um, not specific for that because I did a lot of work around that for forgiveness and What did I do to create that? And oh my, you know, just to rationalize the whole experience. I think it only happened once, but that was enough being super sensitive. Um, And he he brought my soul back into my body, which I thought I'd already done with a shamanic healer, that she had brought my soul back and I reclaimed it. But there's just so many mm, levels, layers, timelines, dimensions to all of this that it's quite mysterious. So I had that. And then my parents used to fight a lot. And I remember thinking I was the cause. Yes. I
0: I think that's so natural for kids, you know, when we see things going on, we really internalize them and identify with them. And we think we're the reason that it's happening. Um, It's just a, it's the way that, you know, when we're so connected, I think as kids, with the world and with each other that it feels even more intense when there's separation happening um, in the varying levels and, and degrees, right? Um, yeah, definitely. And that we, we take responsibility for that, that it's our fault.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a misperception. And we're doing the best we can as our brains are still developing. Exactly. Um, yeah. As a teenager, when I felt like it was my fault. And maybe it was, you know, the source of that incestual relationship at one point in time, I don't know. But I do remember this um, and I made it up. And I guess that's how spirit leads us along. Mm. Virginia, like I said, and um, we lived in a Cape Cod type of a house. So it had three dormers on the front and my room was on the top right if you were looking at the house. And I took the screen out of my window and I stood in that dormer area and opened up the window. And we have heat lightning. Do you know what heat lightning is? Yeah. So we have heat lightning there. It was in the summer, and I saw my mom drive away, and I was scared that she would never come back because maybe mm. when she's not in the house, that could happen. Who knows how I was thinking. But I remember looking and asking questions. That's when I first started asking questions, like, "Will my mom come home?" For example.
0: Yeah. And
1: when The sky would light up to my left with the heat lightning. That was a yes. It was like my first pendulum or something. (laughs) (laughs) And then I thought, I'm going to play with this and see if this is accurate. So I started asking questions that I knew were false. Like, is my name Leslie or something? And it would go on to the right. And then if it was like, not for me to know right then or whatever, it would light up in the middle. So that was like a, maybe it's exactly how my pendulum works. It's actually how my body works today. Mm -hmm. You know, up here, it's like a yes. And down here in my gut, it's a no. So I think that was my first cry for help from the divine or the invisible realms, which is pretty much how I've come to the conclusion now. Is where it's all happening because <laughs> this isn't exactly real. It looks really real, it feels really real, and it is real on some level. Yet we're taught that it's an illusion. So it's like, my mind's like, what? I don't get that, you know? So back to Diet, my beautiful first teacher, which I didn't even realize she was a teacher. It was just cool to go and hang out <laughs> at her house and study A Course in Miracles. She kind of was a mentor as a young woman, and she invited me to join the Washington, D.C., Washington Center for Attitudinal Healing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: this was a course or a facilitatorship that was to train us volunteers to work with family members of those who were going through a, a terminally ill Person in their life.
0: Hmm.
1: And they were taught how to ask questions and this and that, of how to be neutral, you know, like they might be mad or sad or whatever and not to take it personal. And so yeah. I remember in dyad yeah. work, we would sit across from each other and that person would be like, rah. And we had to practice just letting that energy go past us and through us and not hold on to it. So it was really monumental for me then. And we studied Love is Letting Go of Fear, a book by Jerry Jampolsky from California. And so that was kind of like the beginning of my spiritual journey. And I got to facilitate the 11th principle because they were all based on A Course in Miracles. And it was this was in 1983. It was death need not be viewed as fearful. And I was up the following Sunday, or I think that was when we met to teach that at the center to my small group or the small group that was taking this training. And a week before that, a week or two before that, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw Pegasus, a big white horse with wings on the inner. And I shared that with her name is Susan Trout, PhD. She was our facilitator. And I shared that with her. And she's like, oh, that's a very powerful dream. I'm like, is it? I don't know. (laughs) And a week or so later, June 1st, 1983, my father passed away. Wow. And the following week, I'm supposed to facilitate death, need not be viewed as fearful. So spirit always gives us what we need, whether we think it's fun or easy or whatever. And I recall. And this is kind of part of the tragedy, actually. Mm. My stepmother. So my parents divorced. I had that thing. I thought it was my fault also. And I was at my father's wedding. I was at my mother's wedding when they remarried. So I'm in my mid-20s now, like 25, 26. And um, my stepmother, Caroline, killed herself in the car in their garage. Mm. And he woke up with the monoxide and all that. And I have had a lot of death in my life, actually. My two childhood teenage friends passed away. So it makes you go deep. It makes you think, you know, these brief experiences. So um, my father, the story goes, my father went down to help her out of the car and he went upstairs and had his third heart attack. And he was only 52. So it was just a big...
0: Wow, yeah.
1: I was just a young lady. I was working in corporate America. I was working at Xerox Corporation, doing uh, not administration. Now I was doing like marketing support rep or customer service rep, teaching people how to use their Xerox equipment. It was a fun job, but um, totally changed my life. But at the same time, you know, what is that saying? God doesn't give you more than you can handle. It was somewhat like that. But at the same time, I know now that I didn't receive love or help very easy. Nope, do myself. I can do this. I got it. So when my uncle is like, "Oh, let me help you with the funeral arrangements, this and that. Let me help you call people." No, 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 I got this. And he's like, "No, I'm coming over." So I need it. I need someone in my life like that to to know better, <laughs> and not let me be all stoic and and suffer. I'm a really great sufferer. <laughs> I can do this. I'm good. All right. I don't wanna seem sensitive. I don't wanna seem weak. I thought of it as a weakness, not as a strength and a, and a gift at that time in my life. So I've been around the block. I've, I've experienced many things that are hurtful, and you could call it suffering. You could call it life's hard knocks. Um, the hardest part for me is when I get my feelings hurt. Um, because then I can get angry and it's a defense mechanism. And I realize all that. Yeah. Um, and now in my life, I've realized, oh, I'm feeling hurt. What is this about? Was it from this lifetime? Was it in a, this lifetime that I live now? Was it in a previous lifetime? Did I inherit this energy? You know, is it from my DNA? Um, So I've done a lot of inner work, whether it's therapy, group therapy, uh, any kind of energy work, not specifically to heal something specific, but to be the best person I can be, to be more whole, to be more balanced. Because if I'm whole and balanced and neutral in my heart space, I'm kind of at a fulcrum. I'm at a pivotal point where no matter what happens, I'm okay and to not judge myself so harshly with being so sensitive that I will actually crawl into my room and just escape and just be by myself. I'm an introvert, so I get energy by being alone. And But then I also need to be with people and I love people, yet I realize that I have solitude needs.
0: I need to yeah. be solitude so much here so much wisdom (laughs) mulch from your life so much ability and courage in sharing your story so thank you thank you tracy for being so honest with us and you know for anyone listening um who has had your own adverse traumatic experiences in childhood tracy relates to you i relate to you you are not alone and you can heal through those experiences. And I really do, I don't know, the 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 phrase that's really felt the most supportive for me healing through my own early childhood traumas has been, life happens for you. I like that so much better than everything happens for a reason, because I don't really believe that. And there's just, I don't know, that feels really triggering to me still. And there's something that's just off kilter with that. but life is happening for you feels so much more supportive and it allows me to go in and mine those experiences for gold and find the teaching learning moments that will help me to choose who i want to be and what i want to believe as i go through and feel all the feels, and work <laughs> through the grief and the anger and you know everything that comes up when we've experienced something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know there are people like Tracy people like myself, a whole host of healers and therapists out there, who will love to support you um, if you're going through healing a past traumatic experience like that and. Um, so I just want to put that out there. If that has brought anything up for you, I know for me, for a long time, um, I was I was afraid to go deep because I had blocked an early traumatic memory, and there was this part of me that knew, like once you start pulling on that thread, right? <laughs> there's like there's a lot there that there's a whole lot left of that iceberg under the surface that you're not aware of. Um, and so I think really, you know, that's again, that survival instinct that we have and the instrument that is our mind, body, spirit, you know, it knew, I knew that I wasn't ready to go there yet. And so it wasn't until I was ready that those repressed repressed memories really started to come up. And I think that comes back again to, to what you, we were talking about before Tracy, which is really trusting yourself. Yeah. And listening to your own your own inner knowing and your inner guidance, and um, and I love the heat lightning story because it points <laughs> to that as well. And I resonate like that. And and I think what what you were talking about uh, for our listeners, if they haven't tried it, it's a really beautiful way of finding what is a yes and what is a no for me. And it's utilizing your body. As a, a divination instrument, and so what you can do, and I've, I've talked about this on a previous episode, but just to, a quick refresher, you can start with like what Tracy was saying—a statement that you know is uh, not true. Like for me, it would be, "My name is Esmeralda, and my favorite color is brown." Right? <laughs> like those are two very not true statements, you know. And feel in my body, you know, how does that feel? Where does that come up? And then you can you can play with intensity of the lie that you're verbalizing and notice then where in my body do I feel it how does it feel what is that energy and emotion around that and then you can switch to really neutral statements and get a sense for what that is and then you switch to statements that are absolutely true or true and exciting and get a sense and so then as you practice that you can ask yourself a question and based on the feeling that you're getting have a very clear answer for yourself pretty quickly. Uh, which is a very powerful tool as well. So um, I wanted to highlight that because I think it's so easy for us to forget how much power we really do have.
1: Yeah, your body does not lie. It will tell you what. (laughs) It's your friend. It's your vehicle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so interesting when we... Are in that space that you were talking about, and I've been there too. I think we can all as empaths and sensitive so relate to your story and what you're saying about feeling sensitivity is bad. Because that's what we were taught to believe. Right? It's like, what's wrong with me? Why, why are you so sensitive? Toughen up, you know, like grow a thicker skin, girl. Yeah. Like, really? Don't <laughs> be you <high> are. <laughs> deny the reality of how you feel and who you are just to you know fit into some kind of other narrative um and to be a good girl or to be nice or to be polite or yada 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 right and so um learning how to really allow ourselves to feel and to choose and claim our sensitivity as a powerful gift with intention is really where the magic starts to happen um rather than our sensitivity just being something that we've tolerated or that we try to mute or to ignore so that we can you know live a quote unquote normal life Um, normal is overrated and (laughs) right (laughs) um and and i think um you you were talking about uh stepping into that sensitivity and like acknowledging that it was something that was a true gift. Um, and you said, what was it that you were hypersensitive, uh, at the yeah, super sensitive, super,
1: super,
0: like I, I used to be super sensitive in a way that was really wounded where, you know, my reactions and my triggers and my, all of that stuff that I hadn't worked through because I hadn't done the inner work yet. So there was a a level of of almost like sensitive reactive noise that was happening at a surface level that was kind of uh, blocking some of my deeper intuitive and sensitive knowings and gifts because I was like so Caught up in being emotionally triggered, and in that space, it was harder for me to actually really deeply tune in and listen. And as I've healed, I've noticed now. Of course, I'm not. I'm not Buddha sitting on the mountaintop. I still. Like, I'll still get triggered sometimes. Um, I now have the resources and the tools to know what to do when that happens. But um, I was living in an unconscious state of being really reactive in 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 my sensitivity right and it wasn't until i really worked through and healed and processed and released some of those deeper layers of trauma that some of that noise quieted and gave me the space in the room to even want to try to listen to some of the deeper stuff that was going on do you relate to that at all
1: yeah i do and i think what you're describing is a disconnect it's not only a wound it's a disconnect Mm -hmm. from your wholeness yeah operating from a myopic when we're in that reactive space positive or negative we're kind of operating from a myopic view it's not a wholeness view it's not fully aware and it's survival instinct, I believe, you know, just like our adrenals, you know, they kick in to get us away from the saber toothed tiger, but it's that chronic stress that you're describing that is constantly revving. Like the sympathetic Mm -hmm. nervous system is always on, like your foot is always on the accelerator. It's almost like we're trying to run away Mm -hmm. from the pain, Mm -hmm. get away from it. And what is beautiful, if we can allow ourselves to do that and be witnessed, or even do it by ourselves and be witnessed by, whatever you want to call it—God, Source, Creator, All That Is—that we actually discharge through embracing it and not running away from it. It's almost like going through
0: it, and it doesn't have to be painful. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Talk more about that, please.
1: Well, you know, I I was married for a very short period of time again in Virginia. And I take too much self-responsibility for what I create. Mm. You could say I'm neurotic, not a blamer, but more like, oh, it's all about me. Like I said, with my family, my parents, but I went, I took the bull by the horns and I thought, okay, if I create everything and I created this gentleman into my life, I magnetized him to me. I attracted him to me. What is it in me? The woundedness, the whatever that needs to be um, perused and released so that I cannot ever attract that again. So I take full responsibility. I went into one-on-one therapy and then I went into group therapy. And then I realized, oh, I took, um, I went to a classical homeopathic physician. This is in Washington, DC, she's lovely. Her name is Andrea Sullivan. And she gave me a remedy called Staphisagria. Well, Stafisagria, when I read about it, it's like for women who have been raped and all of these things, which I didn't consciously think that had happened, but maybe it did by being abused in a sense, even though I don't think Mm -hmm. he penetrated, but still it's in my space, you know? And I went on this roller coaster up and down, up and down, up and down. Like I'd be at work crying, just like at my computer terminal, just tears coming out. I was just very emotional, which I normally am not. Normally I stuff it. I'm a really good repressor, you know, and, and no, I'm not afraid. Everything's fine. Let me control my outcome, you know, and it moved me through somehow energetically moved me through, I guess that trauma so that I could, um, return to my divine blueprint, like to Mm -hmm. who I really am. And so I always took energy work classes and again, not to specifically I'll do anything to heal was kind of like my motive or my motto. And so you can see the judgment that I had on myself that I wasn't okay, that I needed help because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And I find now that I'm in my mid (laughs) 60s that I realize, oh, my God, humans take so long to grow up. I have been with myself all of this time. What the heck is going on here? So I'm very mental body, you know, judged, you know, and it's just harsh. And so as we become more self-loving, you know, we can do the inner child work. We can do the energy work and, and have layer upon layer of onion to be revealed and released. And that's perfect. It was when I took access consciousness that I realized, oh, All this, sometimes this energy that I'm feeling isn't even mine, but I think it's mine because I'm thinking it, I'm feeling it, it's in my body. Oh, it's not mine. so I learned a tool, return to sender with consciousness, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because I would muscle test, I, you know, use applied kinesiology and ask, you know, or the pendulum within my body, the heavy and light tool, heavy is false, light is true. So I would ask questions. Again, It's I think what it is, is my curriculum is kind of like ask, trust, acknowledge, and accept. And that is what you talked about with trust, trusting yourself. And so as I have grown up and had many more experiences, I have learned to just return to neutral and I can notice when I'm not in neutral. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in neutral, you're in that fulcrum standpoint where you can be compassionate and loving so we have like you said the power and our words are very very powerful as we speak we are vibrating and you have to you know what is that native american thing of the story about which wolf do you feed the negative or the positive one you know it's it's a conscious choice and there's a choice all the time and you can make a choice and you can see the results and in access consciousness you can choose again And another 10 seconds is another new reality. Yeah. So there are some modalities out there that have really served me well. Number one is Reiki. That's where Diet, my first teacher, sent me. She says, you have to try Reiki. And so I did. And that's where I got in contact with some, the hearing and the seeing. And then it was like, you name it, divine healing hands with Master Shaw, Dr. Master Shaw, and access consciousness with Gary Douglas and Dane here. And, uh, you know, more and more, what's happening is I can kind of like be a highly skilled nurse (laughs) and I pull on this instrument or that tool, depending on the person that I'm with as to what is in their highest and greatest good. Is it essential oils? Is it access consciousness? Is it transmosis? Which, by the way, I used to say is a made up spirit word, but I was doing Reiki with someone. And I heard the word clairaudiently, transmosis. And I'm like, what is that? And I wrote it down. I had a whiteboard behind me. I didn't want to forget it because when you're in the space of working and serving mm-hmm. with someone, you don't, might not remember. But I asked everybody who could and should know, like had the access, the ability to know, channelers, et cetera. And nobody knew. So I looked up trans. Going across a barrier, transformation, transmutation. And then I looked up Moses, which doesn't really arrive anywhere. It's more osmosis. And the idea came to me well, ask yourself, ask spirit yourself. And so, what spirit told me, and I do not talk like this this is the definition of transmosis an unconscious transfer and assimilation of higher energies to raise the recipient's energy to equal the source energy. So that gives a lot of room to what happens in an energy session, depending on the person. Creative wellness was another massive life teaching for me. It was in the early 80s again. Michelle Lusson, Doctor of Divinity, created this program called Creative Wellness and it's holistic stress management. And so it tells you Carl Jungian archetypes of your personality. Are you a thyroid type, an adrenal type, or a pancreas type? And then what god or goddess in Jungian archaeotypical um, myth, if you want, or energy, symbology, are you? And I was iris, which is um, pituitary adrenal. And this is all through applied kinesiology muscle testing. And it described me to a T, but it was called the natural intuitive, the messenger of the gods. I'm like, oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that tracks <laughs> Oh,
1: what colors to avoid what what colors to wear, um, what fragrances, what nutrition. I mean, it was holistic. It was great. And she was way before her time. And I really need to bring that through. I really need to start teaching it again. I took the course. So. What I'm saying is I'm eclectic and I've pulled together all of this information. And so now I call it transmosis healing because I asked the person, what do you wanna work on? And they fill out a form, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. And then I, just, then I was seeing people down at a psychic fair in Albuquerque and they're like, I don't know, just tell me whatever spirit wants me to know. And it's like, really? I wanna really hone in and give you exactly what you need. And I'm not doing it for you. Again, that self-responsibility thing, it's not like homework where you might not like it or something, some people like homework, but most people are like, oh, I gotta do homework. I want to be of service, it's a sacred service. And by that experience at the psychic fair, I went through all my training manuals and I created a map of anything that any wound or disconnect could be, if it was dark, you know, 10 is light, nine to one is the list, the dark. The dark never prevails. So we just need to clean it out of people. It's spiritual hygiene. We just need to clear it out of people's energy bodies, and people can do this for themselves. So I've learned that if I get out of the way and I, I ground to the center of the earth and I connect to the divine above and I return in that pillar of light, that Leoesh into my heart space and I expand. That's who I really am, that essence, that nature, that divine blueprint of who I really am. And that's who we all are. And so based on the list that a person fills out, the muscle testing, when I call in 100% pure divine light, and I ask for your highest and greatest good, I find out what spirit in that moment thinks that person needs. And so we compare notes. And then we consecrate the session and it begins and the way it begins is that I guess I'm the one voice for your guides, my guides, and your highest and greatest good. And I can't explain it because my mind is always trying to figure it out, but it's very transformative. It, it definitely gets rid of stuff that people don't need anymore. Just like me, I created a, a matrix all around me to protect myself from being super sensitive. And when all of that went away, it was like, holy smokes, there's freedom here. I'm not Mm -hmm. limited anymore.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that is so key because again and again and again, I remind myself and my clients and our listeners that the things that we do, we do because they helped us. There was benefit at some point that's why we do them there is not a single behavior that you have that did not benefit you at some time in some way shape or form and so it's just a matter of being intentional with examining that behavior with examining maybe the belief that that behavior is rooted in and saying well does it serve me now based on who i aspire to be and what i want to create for myself and then you get to choose (laughs) Depending on the answer, if it still serves you, then you can you can say, yes, I'll keep this coat on.'ll I'll keep this you know accessory that that I feel like it does go great with my soul, right? But if it doesn't, then you can say, you know what? I'm gonna let that go. I'm gonna just let that fall to the ground and know that you have the power to choose when it feels like it's no longer serving you and it's limiting. And I think that that sense of constriction, um is a really good thing to kind of tune into when you're trying to discern like is this actually serving me? in the way that you spoke of when I come back into my true essence and my true self and I allow myself to really expand and live in that space that's freedom
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think ultimately that's you know why we're here is to work through our own karma from past lives the karma of our ancestors and the karma that we collect in this lifetime, so that we can feel free and happy and live a life of joy and ease and um, live in that central fulcrum space that you're talking about. and And it's an ongoing process. And we are these multi dimensional onions. And it's one of the things I I love thinking about. And I'm so interested in multi dimensional body balancing. Um, Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, we're, we're um, holographic. Like I said, oh, is this really real? I mean, I know it's real, but it's also an illusion. So I think it's Buckminster Fuller who said 1% is visible and 99% is invisible. So what the heck is going on in that (laughs) invisible? It's the divine iceberg. (laughs) So we have a physical body. And it's always depicted like a rainbow that it goes out in layers, right? So we have a physical body, super physical, astral, which is like our emotional body. It's where we store all of those things. Um, we have a causal body. What is that? Well, that's where all our memories are stored, whether they're Akashic records, this lifetime, last lifetime, whatever. Then we have a mental body. We have an etheric body and we have a soul body. And then 90, well, 88 80 percent of the time, any kind of a wound or a disconnect that we experience in any lifetime, in any timeline, any dimension, those wounds and disconnects get lodged in those three systems: nervous system, endocrine system, and chakra system. And all of those come out the chakra. And into our field right each and every body has those systems and our field also has and i i always imagine it like graph paper and like i'm charged and i'm negative right now and i'm thinking this judgmental thought so it's like this energetic glob just comes and just lodges in my field You know, at the crisscross of where the graph paper—I don't know—it's not technical at all. It's just kind of how I see it.
0: You visualize it; it's your imaginative representation. Yeah. And so, with my map,
1: I will see where what body to work in. What—and you said ancestors. All of us want to be present, right, (laughs) in the present moment, but we're unconscious sometimes about energies that we inherited. Yeah. From our ancestors on our mother's side of the family 130 generations ago and that doesn't have to be a storyline that we process like in therapy it is just an energy that is stuck in the past and what we can do with multi-dimensional body balancing and through transmosis is describing what i hear and i see and what i'm doing and then we record it so you don't have to pay attention too much is i don't do it i don't clear it i don't Clean it up like spiritual hygiene. It's more like calling in, like that highly skilled nurse, calling in the violet consuming flame to consume Mm -hmm. all of the rips, tears, cracks, all the non-beneficial frequencies. You know, you clean, clear, cleanse, heal, harmonize, and balance. Again, talking about how powerful we are, how powerful we are with our thoughts, feelings, and emotions and our and our spoken word. Yeah. And then, you know, the the world or the universe likes a vacuum. So, okay, we just cleared out a blob (laughs) with the violet light. Let's heal and seal it with liquid golden light. And then wounds look like downward spirals in the energetic body clockwise, counterclockwise. So we activate upward spirals and we reverse all implosions and contractions like fear. And we reverse all shearings. We make everything go back, and I don't do it, the guides of 100% pure divine light, your side, my side, put it all back together, and then we anchor and hold with golden white light to heal and seal all the rips, tears, cracks, all the non-beneficial frequencies that we've cleared, and sometimes things don't clear right away, so it's like, hmm, what do I do? Oh, I should put this person's nervous system of the causal body into the fight-or-flight room, again, holographic, and then we just bring it down on the dial you just notice what the dial is and the violet light and everything brings it down to a zero or a one so it's totally reset regenerated recalibrated and integrated and then they come out i mean it's just there's this whole protocol that is um it makes so much sense it's like
0: why are not why aren't we taught this like yeah why doesn't every doctor (laughs) learn how to do this and the beauty is we can all learn how to do this for ourselves. And, and I, you're, you're such an experienced, like you have so much, uh, one of my yoga mentors, I love this phrase of hers. I use it all the time, mulched wisdom, <laughs> your life, right? <laughs> so cool. And yeah. you've taken you so many, um, you've studied so many modalities with so many mentors and you, you have this amazing experience and you as a listener out there you have the power to do what it is Tracy's talking about right with some just with some intention and some study and you know you may not be doing exactly in the same way but there's there are powerful healing forces that you have access to that are at your fingertips if you make the decision to touch them well said and I think this multi uh, dimensional body balancing, one of the things that really resonates with me about that that I love is it is so, it's in the name, right? <laughs> it's like multi them, like it is just acknowledging that you're so much more than just one aspect of self. There's so many facets of self. And I love that you talk about the chakral system, endocrine system, nervous system. Those are primarily the systems I work with too. They're so powerful. There's so much opportunity for healing, for transformation and for change. Um, and you know your, your endocrine system, guess what y'all? It controls your hormones and your hormones control all of the things <laughs> in your body. But your nervous system, Interacts with and regulates also your your endocrine system, right? And then your chakral energy systems of those energy portals within yourself interact with, affect, and uh, regulate your physiological endocrine and nervous nervous systems as well. And so it's all interconnected. That's why that holistic approach is so so important. And that's why whatever it is that's resonating with you whether it's a modality that Tracy has talked about today, something that I've talked about in the past, something that came up on your Instagram feed and you had a real call of like, huh, what is what is this human design thing? I feel really, I feel something in my heart space when I, when I read about that. Listen to yourself. Whatever's resonating with you is what you need. And that may change. <laughs> As we as multidimensional beings continue to shift and change and transform so um, i'm just putting that out there <laughs> for for our wonderful listeners. Um, you know trust yourself that not only um, you know when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, but that yes it's the right teacher for you, based on where you're at and what you need and the right modality in the right time.
1: I think teachers should empower and that's a should word on purpose. <laughs> yes. I think teachers should empower individuals to, you know, teach them how to fish versus, you know, and yeah. I went through, I went through the school of hard knocks in life in corporate America, but I always had my side gig of my interest in energy and healing and all of that. And now that I'm quote unquote semi-retired, it's like, I don't have to do that corporate thing. I don't have to put on that facade anymore. And it's reduced my stress level and I've become more um, empowered to be who I am. And you talked about human design. I love human design. I'm a six, two (laughs) profile. So I need the hermit part, but there's this leadership part that I'm supposed to push myself out there to do. And so I started studying the gene keys and that is hugely Mm. giving you permission to be exactly who you are. At least that was my experience. It still is. And, um, there's so much out there. It's like, where do you begin? Just follow your intuition, follow your inner nature and you will find it. Um, I guess we're all seekers maybe listening to this program. Yeah, I think and it pays off. And now I'm in relationship with the universe. Like I really get it. I really feel it and see it. It's not a mental construct anymore. It's more like a real experience. So when I'm vulnerable or super sensitive and I'm emoting and I'm like messy, like a hot mess with some people that love me and are witnessing that. I realize how much more I receive by being authentic and real. I, I receive so much more. It's not like, well, they're not noticing me. And, and then, it, you know, it's no, it's me. It's like, we really are in relationship with ourselves here. Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: so true. The number of times I've had to have that realization. <laughs> And you are such an empowering teacher and leader. And I feel like this is the perfect moment to bring up your book because that I think is really at the heart of your book as well. Yes. Thank you. Um, The book that myself and Vicki and Sandra Lee wrote
1: is called The Magi Within, Unlocking the Gifts to the Inner Self.
0: Hmm. It's a workbook.
1: And the three of us wrote it together, which is fascinating to have three different styles of writing and such. But it's a workbook designed to empower the individual to read it. And when they read it, they connect with their inner world. So there's a meditation that you can do and you can ad lib any way you want, but this is a foundation of it. And there's A through Z. So it's a fun workbook. A is awareness, B is bliss, C is creativity, Z is zero point, you know, you pick a letter, think of a letter or just open the book like it's an Oracle. Like I just opened up to receiving, chapter two. (laughs) And then what you would do is you would be with receiving all day. There's four questions to prompt the expansion of awareness. And you kind of like read the little blurb that we wrote on receiving. We also created the artwork. So each each letter has artwork. So how do you draw a picture of receiving? And I actually have all the artwork on my living room wall. It's kind of like the Magi within room, but... We meditate in there every morning, my husband and I. And it's it's like at the end of the day, you kind of revisit receiving. How was I with receiving? Did I, you know, is it always me giving? You know, you just kind of look at it from all points of view and it is designed to empower humanity to get in touch with their intuition, to get in touch with their inner magi, to get in touch with who they really are and experience world from that fulcrum, balanced whole space of being. Yeah. Because we're trained to look in the outer world, you know, oh, the, these people out here, I'm going to have a reading or whatever. And I don't mean to discount that because I, I did yeah. my share, right? Sometimes, it's helpful.
0: sometimes that's really supportive. But when yeah. that's the only way that we know how to access guidance, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. healing, we are denying our own power. Yeah. And so
1: this book is designed to help you get in touch with your own intuition, your own inner power, your own inner magi, your own inner wisdom.
0: Amazing.
1: The art is pretty activating as well because we used our own process and we all three painted the art. And um, yeah, so it's a color book and uh, it's a workbook you can write in it. So it's all about you. It's all about connecting to you and being you, truly you, (laughs)
0: the essence of you. (laughs) I love that that's really beautiful. What a beautiful offering for the world and so needed, because I really do feel that, you know, that's that's what's moving through humanity at this time, right? It's that divine kind of feminine wisdom that's really starting to take root now, which is a rebirth of, of connection yeah. and authenticity and like just, you know, being, coming back into and remembering the true essence of self and the true power of what it is to be a human um and letting go these old stories and that happens you know i say it's that um that gandhi quote of as you heal or um, be the change you wish to see in the world yeah. and i believe they know really ultimately that's as we heal ourselves in our inner world of course the outer world shifts and changes and so You know, just thank you so much for all the work that you do Tracy to help with that shift in humanity that is happening right now as people are waking up and asking questions and seekers are, you know, seeking (laughs) and looking for what is going to be the supportive thing that's going to help me heal and more fully step into my own power and my own intuitive gifts and um. Yeah, it's just really an honor to have you here in this space with us today. Thank you for everything that you do.
1: You're so welcome. Thank you. And I offered this book um, free (laughs) on the website, but you can buy it on Amazon. But if you go to Tracy Wittett, T-R-A-C-E-Y, W-H-I-T-T-E-T dot com, you can go to the book page. You can read a little bit more about transmosis, but you can go to the book page and you'd have to download the PDF. It's not as great as having a book, but. I don't want to hinder anyone
0: from mm. connecting
1: with their inner worlds to empower themselves to have a great life. And also transmosis healing, the sessions, the work I do, it's not like you come every week, every month. It's it's like it takes a while to integrate all, all the sacredness that comes through. I'm not saying it's about me, it's about you, (laughs) but all of that energy that comes through is takes a bit to to integrate and it's, um, it's a contribution to yourself and it's a contribution to consciousness
0: as we're all one thing anyway. (laughs) So we know about your transmosis um, process and sessions and your beautiful offering of your book. Is there anything else? And of course, I will link those in the episode notes. Is there anything else um, in ways with which people could work with you or connect with you that you'd like to share with us?
1: Um, I'm on Facebook and stuff. You know, <laughs> the slash, social medias. <laughs> yeah, Tracy Witten, And I'm on, um, I have a, I write quatrains. I don't know why, but they just download into me four lines of poetry or something. And so they're very, it's divine musings and they're very inspirational. So I put that on the website as well as on Instagram and, Twitter and LinkedIn and Transmosis Healing with Tracy Wittittitt is a Facebook business page where I just post those as well. So um, be patient with me. I'm working on a self healing course mm. so that I can teach others how to do transmosis healing. There's just so much information. I want to make sure everyone's got the foundation. And then we can launch into like an intermediate or part two, and then an advanced where we get into the real woo woo. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on. I'm still creating it. And that's my plan for this, this winter, this winter time is to hibernate and go into creativity and just bring it through so I can leave a legacy,
0: you know, and like, and, and empower people.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's where I'm at. Such a beautiful gift. Thank you. I look forward to hearing more about that once it's been birthed into the world. And winter is the perfect time to hibernate and to create. So I'm excited for you. Thank you so much. Oh, Tracy, thank you again so much for coming on and sharing so openly your story and experiences with us and and your light. And I would love to close out today's episode as I always do with a reminder to, um, to myself, to you, Tracy, to our listeners that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got, and I love you.